Hey everybody, Pastor Worth here for West Seattle Christian Church Online. For those of you who are new, I am really glad that you found us and a warm welcome to all you regulars and church community members. Today we are in our fourth week of our reset series where we're talking about different parts of our lives that need a reset. If you're new or if you haven't been with us in a while, these teachings are short and sweet. Uh, so if you if you haven't seen them yet, hop online or, or download our app and you can breeze through this one and all the previous three messages in this series in literally less than an hour, I think. And so that's like four messages in less than an hour. So I encourage you to do that. Today, we're going to talk about forgiveness and trying to break it down a little bit. And we're also going to cover some mistakes we make in our thinking when it comes to something we all know about, which is called us versus them mentality. But first, I just want to give you a couple of announcements. So top of the list is our in-person Easter service at our physical campus at 4400 42nd Avenue Southwest. If you're new with us, here are a few details on where you can park. Yeah, we've got parking. And when you get here, here's what to expect. Hey, West Seattle, we have missed you. We can't wait to see you face to face. You might be wondering what to expect when you come to West Seattle Christian Church in person. Upon arriving, you can park in either our upper lot off Genesee or in our lower lot off of 41st Avenue. If parking in the lower lot, please follow this path to safely make your way up to the worship center. These doors will be open for ventilation. Please enter through our breezeway lobby doors. You'll notice when you enter the lobby, new mask and sanitizing stations. We've also provided a safe way to pick up communion elements as you enter. And there are a few new rules posted about bathroom use. Please follow social distancing reminders. Our seating is spaced appropriately so that you can sit with your family group. If you need extra seating, please ask for help. We're excited to see you all again soon for our in-person Easter celebration. Second is that our kinfolk groups for spring and summer are in full swing. If you are new to the area or you're looking for good people and good food and a relaxed atmosphere, then this is for you. Groups meet throughout West Seattle on a varied schedule. Just click the link in the show notes below on YouTube, sign up on our app or on our website and you'll get all the details. And finally, I want you to check out this clip about our new Alpha course online starting on April 6th. If you've ever wondered if there's more, you're not alone in that. We all explore, every day, in small ways and big. We find ourselves, reinvent ourselves, define ourselves, publish our lives. We find ways to stand out and ways to blend in. We meet people that remind us of us, and people that remind us of who we want to be, and people that just make the journey that much more fun. We connect and share. We learn from each other and grow together. We celebrate and mourn side by side. We push our limits, challenge ourselves, fall down and get back up again. Our days are long and our nights get short. We put in the hours in the hope of building something that lasts. And at the end of the day, find joy in the fleeting things. We want to squeeze all the life out of life. 
and hit pause on moments we wish could last. Put simply, we want to live. And along the way, discover all we can, experience more, and find out who we really are. For all our searching, it's rare to find time to think and talk about the big questions of life. About faith, and reason, and God, and meaning. But exploring is good. We're built for it. I'm going to be hosting the Alpha course on Tuesday nights at 7.30 p.m. starting on Tuesday night, April 6th. It's about a 10-week journey talking about the most important questions of life. So if you're exploring what the Christian faith is all about, I'd love to have you join us. The sign-up link is below. Uh, it's also in our app. It's on our website. It just takes two seconds to sign up. And for the rest of you who are thinking of inviting somebody, maybe you haven't thought about that. Who are you thinking about inviting? It's super easy just to point them in the direction of our website and share the link with them and they can, they can take it from there. So, all right. Now, back to the scriptures and this week's teaching. Some of the questions that come up all the time when it comes to the topic of forgiveness are things like, how can I be expected to forgive someone that did that? And you can fill in the blank. Or simply, do I really need forgiveness? Or can I really be forgiven for what I did? Maybe it's, uh, there's no way I can just forgive and forget that. The answer, as far as Jesus is concerned, is that forgiveness boils down to love. God's love and then that love living in and being displayed and given to others through us. One of the first pastors of the Christian faith, the Apostle Paul, uh, who was trying to imitate Jesus's life, he put it this way to some of the earliest followers of Jesus in Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 through 14. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe of God, picked out for you, compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. For me, this harkens back to the text that I really want to anchor this teaching in, uh, which comes from the same place we visited last time, and that time before that even. Perhaps if you've been with us for the last three weeks, you're picking up on the clues to what we're doing here. I'm talking about Jesus' teaching on prayer, which is often called the Lord's Prayer. Last week we looked at verse 11 uh, in Matthew chapter 6, which said, Give us today our daily bread, and we examined what it means to be content. This week we're looking at verse 12, which says, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. I like the message translation, which says, Keep us forgiven with you, and forgiving others. I like it because in, in most translations, when it says, As we have also forgiven our debtors, it carries with it that connotation that it's kind of a one-and-done type of thing. Like, we can just decide to forgive and forget whatever wrong was done to us. And we're now able to never think about it again, like it's been deleted from our brain's hard drive and we can't even recall exactly what happened to us or something like that. But that, that's just not real life. And it's not what the original text conveys, actually. The message version, I think, gets to the true essence of this, the crux of it, when it says, 
keep us forgiving others. This conveys, uh, this, this way of wording it, conveys an ongoing process which is necessary to repeat, which is much more like real life. And the other side of the forgiveness situation or equation, if you will, is that we are asking God to continually forgive us because it's not like we just do one thing wrong. God, keep us forgiven with you, it says. Well, just like we noticed last time in the Lord's Prayer, it's not just words to repeat when we pray, but it's also something we practice, something that we want to live out. And if you haven't noticed this yet, or even if you've never ever looked at this prayer carefully, or maybe you've never even heard this prayer before, the other thing to notice is that each phrase in the prayer is constructed upon the previous phrase. Jesus is building something here. Essentially, he's saying, if you want to live a life with God, these are the core elements that you're going to need. And forgiveness is one of them. And I suggest that it might be helpful to go back to the beginning of the prayer and read it through if you, haven't, if you haven't done that yet. If you view God the right way, when you start at the beginning of the prayer, it's all about that. If you view God the right way, properly, as your Heavenly Father and as someone who is wholly other than you, which means He's totally different, then it's going to be hard to give Him the proper amount of respect. And it will be even more difficult to surrender to His will for your life. And if you don't surrender to Him, which simply means if you don't trust him with your life, then you'll want to take all of the control yourself, the striving and the worry and the stress and the anxiety of dealing with all the what-ifs, the fears this world has to offer. It equals trying to find our own daily bread, as Jesus says in his prayer. And all of that worry and stress and rushing around in a frenzy and living in the fear of the what-ifs, it also often it just leads to the false and incorrect view about God, and it eventually leads to sin in our lives, which can simply be defined as getting off the path in life that God wants you on. And of course, that leads to the need for forgiveness. So Jesus prays, keep us forgiven. Forgive us our debts. And this is the reality that really, this, this reality stretches back millennia. Take the psalmist, for example, in Psalm 130. Uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, Help, God! I've hit rock bottom. Master, hear my cry for help. Listen hard. Open your ears. Listen to my cries for mercy. If you, God, kept records on wrongdoings, who would stand a chance? As it turns out, forgiveness is your habit, and that is why you are worshipped. I think some of us wish, and I've fallen into this category myself before, but I, and I know I will again, but I think that some of us wish that Jesus just stopped with the first part of the prayer and didn't include the second part. But he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we need. Our hearts and our souls, our very beings, need forgiveness as much as we need food, as much as we need water. And he also knows that receiving what we need isn't quite enough. To be truly healthy, extending forgiveness to others is, is, is essential. In all seriousness, uh, take a look at this clip. Yoda was actually spot on. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. If you bottle up resentment, if you don't relinquish your anger, and if you simply refuse to release anyone else, from the wrongs that they've done to you, 
then eventually you'll just end up isolated and alone and really incapable of receiving God's love or for that matter, anyone else's. Jesus boils it down to receiving love and then being able to pour out that love to others. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It involves some internal and hard work on our part that has to do with internal realities of sin that we need to be honest about when we deal with our own selves. And I asked you to stick around to the end so I could give you a visualization of this dynamic that might help you in your everyday interactions. And what I mean by that is your everyday interactions with yourself and your everyday interactions with others. So here it is. And as you ponder this image and its ramifications, I'll leave you with this quote as well by Vaclav Havel, who said, the line between good and evil does not run clearly between them and us, but through each person. So this week, I'll leave you with one last exercise before we meet again. Let's pause and take a moment to recite the words of the Lord's Prayer. And when we're finished, I think it's appropriate to take some time to sit silently by ourselves and reflect on all these things that we've examined. And as we do, let's invite the Spirit of God to be with us and ask Him to reveal to us how we have wronged God and how we have wronged others, not only by what we have done, but also by what we may have left undone. And after we've done that, I want you to know that God is with you. May God's grace and peace be with you all.